Good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to Couch Potato Diary. I guess I shouldn't timestamp it like that. You might be listening at any other time ever. Uh, we are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company who specializes in commercial cleaning from shared workspaces and commercial buildings to medical clinics, retail stores, production facilities, and high-rise building maintenance. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. A little bonus action for you, but you can always find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein, uh, or just PrimetimeKlein, if you want to say it like a normal human being. So, it is um, an interesting day, as it is Elimination Chamber. I had a chance to preview this show on the Fresh Take Network on Friday. You'll hear that conversation in a little bit. But, I promised you a little bit more X's and O's on UFC 271, so here is that. Now, let's just run through the card. Max Grishin taking on William Knight in the heavyweight division after Knight missed weight by the size of another human, almost. That's exaggerating. I guess a small human. Uh, 12 pounds was the miss. And I was... I, I Admittedly, that is something that bugs me a lot. And because of that, I came into this looking to be unimpressed. And unfortunately for Knight, he was able to deliver uh, in spades. Um, it just, whenever he had success with anything, he would do something technically wrong that would end up meaning he would lose the position. I thought Grishin kept it at a distance for the most part. He didn't do a lot with the positional advantage he had for most of the fight, but we saw what he could do late when he was really committing to his punches. So Grishin's a guy who I could see again. Um, if Knight ended up getting cut from the UFC, I, I would not be necessarily stunned. Jeremiah Wells taking on Blood Diamond in the welterweight division, a debut for Diamond um, coming out of Zimbabwe, teaming with Israel Adesanya. This one ends at 438 of the first round. You have a choke from uh, Jeremiah Wells getting him the win. He's able to do it with no hooks in. Again, a bit of technical issues, I guess you could say, for Wells, but he still had the strength to get the choke, so that, that was pretty well done. Diamond was able to defend the takedown well, but then once he did get taken down, he really couldn't get out of that situation, so it was a, it was a bit of a tough spot for him. This next bout was a lot of fun, as Sergei Morozov takes on Douglas Silva de Andrade. Um, the first round goes to Morozov on my scorecard 10-8. to 8. I thought he was technically sound everywhere and was quite impressed. Andrade got picked apart on the feet and was hit hard on the ground. And then in the second round, you have Andrade coming forward and like he, he's starting to, to push a little bit more and he's starting to be a little bit more aggressive. And then he drops him and then he drops him again. And Morozov tries to get hold uh, to, to hold on. He gets drilled with a knee. Andrade uh, throws him around. Morozov is able to hold on and then a spinning back elbow and then another elbow drops him. Instead of the ground and pound, he goes for the choke. It felt like a potential um, huge mistake and it didn't matter because he got the choke and Morozov is tap or doesn't even tap out. He gets just, excuse me, just gets choked out. Uh, his eyes roll back. It was a pretty, bit of a scary scene, but Andrade's power kept him in this fight. Uh, that was something that I, I thought was the main takeaway for me was that he was down again, 10, eight in this first round, but that power doesn't go away. And he comes up with a massive shot, an unreal comeback win. Morozov was excellent in the first, but he came very hittable in the second, and was just not able to recover. Jacob Malkoon taking on A.J. Dobson. Um, this one goes to the judges' scorecards. It was a unanimous 29-28 decision for Malkoon. I actually had the second 
uh, as a 10-8 round for Malkoon. I, I thought that he was able to to threaten quite a bit and able to control quite a bit, so that, that gave him the second round for me. Uh, for Dobson, you saw a great takedown defense, but once Malkoon finally got him down, it was pretty well lights out, and he hit him pretty hard. Malkoon is a grinder, though, man. Some strong ground and pound, some tight top control. He was really able to wear on Dobson and was able to get the win. Ronnie Lawrence taking on Mano Martinez in the bantamweight division. This one was a very interesting fight. 10-9 first round for me for Lawrence. I, I really liked Lawrence's, like the, the the shot that he has, like going in for a takedown. I thought he had some very good technique on the feet as well. I'm, I was quite impressed with Lawrence after round one. Martinez moved around a lot and he was difficult to hold down, but there was a lot of wasted movement. Then in the second round, I actually went 10-8 for Lawrence. Um, he drops Martinez early on with a two-punch combo. Went ground and pound looking for the finish. Obviously, there was some good power there. He was setting up his punches really, really well and then controlled the rest of the round. So I went 10-8 Lawrence in that round. And then in the third round, Martinez was pushing forward and he was the uh, the aggressor. He lands a spinning back fist that drops Lawrence, flailing with strikes. Lawrence gets a takedown. Martinez rolls for the arm bar. Lawrence escapes. Lawrence has never been finished and you can see why. I went 10-8 Martinez there, so my final scorecard was 28-27. No one agreed with me. It was 29-27 on two scorecards and 29-28 on one for Lawrence. I I was really impressed with Lawrence. For Martinez to be able to survive was quite impressive. And to be able to threaten, I thought, in that third round was really impressive. Also, man, James Krause is going to be the coach of a world champion someday. Phenomenal corner work. But for Lawrence, I, I love the shot. Like I said before, I think he sets his hands up really well. He is one who I am looking forward to seeing again. Fabio Charant taking on Carlos Ulberg in the light heavyweight division. This one goes to the scorecards, I thought. Ulberg fought a, a smart, technical winning fight. Charant never really got out of first gear. It, it felt like he had a bit of a difficult time figuring out that distance the entire round, and Ulberg just got into a rhythm, and, and Charant could never take him out of that. Kyler Phillips taking on Marcelo Rojo in the bantamweight division. This one ends in the third round by submission from Kyler Phillips. Um, This was one where it felt like it felt like it was pretty well in control for Phillips. He looks for a Kimura, he gets to mount, transitions for an arm, gets the tap. I, I just it was an impressive performance from Phillips over Marcelo Rojo, who didn't offer a whole lot of resistance. The retirement fight for Roxanne Matafari, she's the twelfth ranked fight uh, flyweight taking on number fifteen, Casey O'Neill. Um this one is a unanimous decision all the way around. I had I had it 30-27 for O'Neal. I thought she was coming forward the whole time. I thought she was aggressor the whole time. And in the end, she gets two 29-28 scorecards and then one 29-28 for Roxanne Montefari. 29-28 for Roxanne Montefari is just um, inexcusable. That That is not... That is not a, a scorecard that you can allow. And there, there isn't a whole lot of technical analysis required from Adafari because she's done now. A, a phenomenal career. Someone who like just gave it everything she had and was never an expert stand-up fighter, but was always tough as hell and was always so dangerous on the ground and went through some tough times. And you know, this is something we've talked about before. Went through some tough times in her career and was able to battle back and turn that into a turn it back around into some winning ways. So I was impressed with that. Casey O'Neill is going to be a problem 
men in the flyweight division. Sets a record for significant strikes landed in a women's fly round three, uh, flyweight three-round bout. She showed some good pop in this bout. I thought she was pretty technically sound. Roxanne with the excellent warrior spirit, but O'Neal was really, really impressive. In the heavyweight division, Andre Arlovsky taking on Jared Vandera. Arlovsky uh, gets a split decision win in this one. I had it 29-28 for the Pitbull. He started it slow a little bit in the third round, but I just, I don't see where you can give Vandera any of the other rounds. Uh, Arlovsky landing the, the cleaner shots. And again, this one, a, a bit surprising for Arlovsky. Like you're not going to, you're not going to put him in a title challenger or anything like that, but he is, he is still someone who I think has to, is going to raise the level of main card caliber heavyweight fighters because he's going to be kind of that gatekeeper for that next level we went to the pay-per-view and in the lightweight division it was Bobby Green taking on Nasrat Hakparast I went Hakparast in this one and he just could not catch Bobby Green at any point Green landed 163 significant strikes in this bout um Nasrat he got a little bit better as the fight went on but he was still getting drilled the speed was such an issue for Nasrat, the movement was an issue, and like he, he just his head was still the whole time. And Green was just pop, 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 and it was all straight punches. It was all crisp. It was all technically sound. Really looking forward to him coming back into the octagon in a couple of weeks, taking on Islam Makhachev. You had Alexander Hernandez taking on Hanato Moicano. Hernandez, I had him up ten nine going into the second round. And then it started to turn a little bit. Moicano lands a good right in a, a good exchange to start. Then he gets some knees. Then he lands a few more. And then there is a counter where he lands an uppercut and a left hook that drills Hernandez. And then he starts teeing off. And Hernandez looks for a takedown. Moicano defends it, locks in a choke, and it's just over. Excellent finishing instincts by Moicano. This was one where, like, there was, it was like a, a lot of guys would just go pop, pop, and then kind of reset. He went pop, pop, and like, oh, well, I can finish this. Like that, there was just that that finishing sense is very, very high with Moicano, and he swarmed. And Hernandez never had another look. I, I'm very fascinated to watch Moicano again in the middleweight division. Derek Brunson taking on Jared Cannonier. Cannonier gets the finish by TKO in the second round. Uh, Cannonier lands what would best be described as a elbow that drops Brunson. He tosses him to the ground, and the ground and pound ends it. It was such a strange fight because Brunson was looking all right. I gave him the first round. He was relentless with takedown defense or with takedown attempts. Sorry, he's a little bit awkward in the standup, but he he lands. Cannonier showed good takedown defense, but still it w wasn't a, a phenomenal round. But then Brunson gets a takedown. He's in half guard. Cannonier gets back to his feet, and from there. Brunson was really sloppy with his takedowns, and there was one moment I caught him looking up at the clock with 3.52 to go in the second after a first round he controlled. So I don't know what was happening with Derek Brunson there, but just something flipped immediately, and that cardio was gone. And Cannoneer just beat the bricks off this dude after that. Cannoneer, you could see, would get more and more confident as his fight went along. He is, I think, the clear number one contender in the middleweight division. At heavyweight, Derek Lewis taking on Tai Tuivasa. This fight was a war. Some crazy exchanges in this one. Lewis gets the first round on my scorecard, 10-9. to 9. Then in the second, uh, you, you see Tai being able to use that movement a little bit more. Low kick ducks a punch. Lewis lands a couple of big shots, and then Tai Tuivasa lands a massive right. Lewis comes back with another one. Tai lands an elbow, and it's just done. Dude, face plants down 
a phenomenal showing from Tai Tuivasa. That chin, if Derek Lewis isn't putting him to sleep, nobody putting him to sleep right now. And is it the most technically sound attack from Tai Tuivasa? No. No. But that's never what it's been about with Tai Tuivasa. And now you have someone who I think has grown as a martial artist since back-to-back losses and has now grown into someone who I think can threaten at 265 pounds. Um, if they want to throw him in there right away with Stipe Miocic, I have no problem with that. If they give him a, a Curtis Blades fight, I have no problem with that. That This is the air now that Tai Tuivasa is breathing in as he moves up in the heavyweight division. And then for the middleweight championship, it was Israel Adesanya taking on Robert Whitaker. Um, this one goes to the judges. It is 48-47 on two scorecards, 49-46 for the winner, and still middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. Um, because scorecards have been so all over the place, I will let you know I went round one Adesanya. I thought just so fluid and really working those leg kicks. And leg kicks were really the story of this fight. And we talked about it on Monday. Whitaker's best chance in this bout, and the thing he had the most success with, with was the thing that got him dropped in his last fight. And eventually the move that ended up getting him um, to, to lose that bout against Israel Adesanya, it was him charging in. And he was smart to charge in with the left because it becomes a bit more difficult to counter with that right when you are charging in that way. But it, it just, it also didn't give him enough to win these rounds. And because there wasn't enough, aside from a few explosions here and there, it just allowed Adesanya to fight from distance. I thought Adesanya got a little bit too comfortable at fighting from distance. I thought there was a little bit more that he could have pressed, but I think he understood the only way Whitaker is having success is when he charges in. I feel comfortable countering in that, so I'm just going to fill this space until he decides to... And then I'm going to get him from there. And he was able to do that. And he ends up getting it. So I had 10-9 Adesanya in the first. 10-9 Whitaker in the second. 10-9 Adesanya in the third. And uh, 10-9 Adesanya in the fourth. Which meant Whitaker needed a finish in the fifth. He won the round on my scorecard. And I think rather definitively won the round. But it ends up going the way of Israel Adesanya again. I had it 48-47. Two judges agreed with me. One had it 49-46 for the middleweight champion. We talked about what this means on last Monday's show and on the Breakdown show, so check out those shows for more on this. So, now, once again, I was on the Fresh Take Network earlier this week. We talked about uh, Elimination Chamber, the uncomfortableness that comes with that, and we, we broke that all down. We also talked about the Cody situation and the Stone Cold situation. I know I talked about that with Rich Fan on Friday, but still, I think some good stuff in here. So here is, after a musical break, here is my conversation with the Fresh Take Network on Elimination Chamber. The music that you listen to on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. And you can also find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. What it is, what it do, welcome to Fresh Take. Joshua Adam Marathon with Peter Klein. We're going to go into the one fall realm here. And, uh, you know, Peter, I know you're going to have a uh, rich fan on tomorrow on Couch Potato to talk about this. But, man, if I would have told you at the beginning of the week that Stone Cold Steve Austin is returning to the ring in 19 years, most likely. But, hey, we're barely going to talk about it. What would you have said to me? Yeah, I, I would be shocked by all of that. 
uh, by the, the fact that Stone Cold's going to be coming back potentially, and that by Wednesday, that that's not going to be a, a major talking point. It's it's been a, a very weird, wild week in, in professional wrestling that that we're still trying to wrap our heads around. Yeah. So let's. We're, Cody is obviously going to be the majority of this pod, and we have and we have elimination chamber coming up on way earlier than I thought it was. By the way, like ten in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I was gearing up because like my, my wife is busy for most of the day Saturday and then into the night. I was like, okay, I'll watch Elimination Chamber, maybe do some Twitch after. Oh, it's at 10 in the morning. Well, I'll watch Elimination Chamber taped and then probably yeah. not do a Twitch after like it's 10 in the morning. Like th- there are a lot of reasons why this whole situation is just weird and uncomfortable, but I, I don't need wrestling at 10 in the morning. I'm, I'm cool with that. I was, I have uh, you know, on my, personal side i have a basketball game that i call and a hockey game that day so i'm like oh busy day but then i'll just come home and shut my mind off and watch wrestling and now i'm like oh now i gotta watch wrestling before take some notes and then go and do that afterwards so and we'll talk about elimination chamber because how this all goes into it but let's go to stone cold really quickly first of all and it really hasn't had the attention that it deserves to have because stone cold steve austin looks like he's not only returning to the ring at this year's wrestlemania but next year's wrestlemania as well it seems like there is a set of plans for an in-ring return that will potentially next year conclude against Brock, at least if some of the reports are true, and potentially doing three more matches this year. The opponent for this year's Mania has changed, it seems, in the last 48 hours. It went from being KO to, you've heard the new report now, right? Uh, I have not, no. Goldberg. Oh, mm. yeah, I don't... 17-year-old but... Josh and Peter are really excited. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's something I would do on 2K. But yeah. like for now, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know if, cause just having been someone who really enjoyed Stone Cold's podcast, I, I don't think he really keeps up with it anymore. It's a lot of classic episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but he would often talk about like a potential return to the ring. And he would say like, I just, I don't know if I can deliver the match that I want to have. Like yeah. he doesn't, he never struck me as the guy who just wanted to go out, get the big reaction, have like a two minute, like everyone's special meter is on full a bunch of stunners bunch of spear whatever and then have that be that i think he wants to have if he came back he would want to have like an actual wrestling match and so that's not what you would get with a a goldberg match probably no anyway i'm assuming so that that surprises me a little bit well with stuff like this um while i do appreciate all the reporting that is going on i do tend to wait to just let it all play out before we oh okay well this is the way it's going to go um i remember i I forget who i was having the conversation with that i had with someone where we were talking and it was oh well it's so obvious aj styles is going to be going up against whoever and i was like how is that obvious oh well Meltzer said it okay well follow on the tv and then like just because you have the reporting that it's obvious if you just watch on tv it's not that obvious. Like there's an actual build going on. So I, when it comes to those sorts of things, I tend to just let the the television play out and see how it all goes to me. And I know I've said to me a lot now, but Mm -hmm. the, the, the one that makes the most sense is Kevin Owens. A he's shitting on Texas every single day and he has the stunner. I know they've gotten along very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just, that, that felt to me like a, someone who could get a very good match out of Stone Cold Steve Austin yes. and B a ready-made story. So that, that was the one that I was kind of hoping for. I think that's still the one that's going on. The Goldberg one, I haven't found much stuff about it, to be honest. It's been a wild, wild week uh, of professional wrestling reporting. Yeah. So and I guess the last thing on Austin is I 
So I'm, a, I'm someone that had already planned to go to LA for mania next year. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been on my backside. And now it's cause I thought we we're going to get rocks. So I'm like, I'm not, I don't know when I'm, this is probably gonna be the rocks last match more than likely against Roman. It's kind of one of the worst kept secrets next year that he's facing Roman. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably gonna be our last chance. Now all of a sudden you add Austin. I don't know about you. I've never heard the glass break in person mm-hmm. in my life. Have you? I did, yeah, because I, I was at WrestleMania 32 the last time they yeah. were in Dallas. Wow, yeah, and uh, again, it it wasn't for a match, but when, when they came out, um, I forget that they were dealing with the what was it, the League of Nations or whatever. Yeah, that, that yeah. Wade Barrett, and that's Sheamus. when we got the the one of the best stunners of all times with Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I I saw that, so I, I got that that whole experience there, and it is. I would recommend it. I would recommend being being in person for that sort of a thing because it's it's like nothing else that I've ever heard before. That obviously, like that and The Rock, and then being in person for an Undertaker entrance well, it was pretty cool. I almost would recommend because I don't know, like because you said Austin's kind of like Brett in that way of just how meticulous they are, and that's why they have one of the greatest matches of all time of just how meticulous they both are. They're not Randy Savage level of this, 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 this brother, um, yeah. but. I almost wonder if the better way to go about this is KO comes out, talk shit on Texas. Austin comes out, stunner, taker, choke slam, Shawn Michaels, super kick. You get three Texas legends. It maybe even even get a Von Eric. That'd be really, yeah. really cool. Um, but that's about as far as I would go. I don't know if I want to see Austin in the ring. Now, maybe he'll prove me wrong and he'll be sting. Right. Well, and that that's the thing, right? Like we, we have to kind of change our idea of this because there's a 62-year-old right now yeah. who's having some of the, the best matches of his career. Like he's already passed his, his WWE run. Yeah. Um I, I don't I don't think we'll get into the TNA run, but he like he he is at least a couple of times a year, he's good for some stuff. And you look at some of the, the main roster guys now, like Stone Cold isn't that much older than Bobby Roode. And I get Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's 46. How old is Austin? 55? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Echo. Um, How old is Stone Cold Steve Austin? Live podcast. I love it. Here's something I found on the web. Oh, come on. According to LATimes.com, Austin, 52, gained fame in the 1990s wrestling. 52. 52. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, like he is deaf now there is different wear and tear on that body, right? Like yeah. he, he has been through a lot and he, he has the neck problems and his knees weren't working. 57. I lot. knew that was wrong. I knew it was wrong. <laughs> yeah. 57. 52 seemed young. Yeah. Um, I Google it. So he's only, he's 11 years older than Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And he like, he's someone, he has a, a gym out on his ranch. Apparently like, yeah. he bought a ring from high spots. He did, and so yeah. he's been working in that ring. Like, I don't think we're going to get an hour long Iron Man match from Stone Cold Steve Austin. But do I think in the year of our wrestling gods, 2022, that Stone Cold could have a entertaining, um, athletic eight minute match? Of course I do. Yeah, no, I I think he could pull it off. So uh, again, as long as we're not accepting or not anticipating WrestleMania 13 level of a match here, I, I think that we will all be pleasantly surprised with what we get. Unless it's Goldberg. I don't know if I want to see that. I don't want to see Goldberg. I mean, so if we are going by this plan for Austin that we're going to go this mania to next mania for his last run, which it it sucks too, because I just watched that mania match. Like it's perfect. His mass match with the rock. It's, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. 
And I hate these tarnishings of matches because Sean's last match with Taker is really good too. And now I'm just going to remember both Shawn Michaels and Saudi. That's fair. I, I do think the further we get away from it, the, the more that changes, right? Like we've talked about this yeah. before. I don't think of Joe Montana with the Chiefs. I don't yeah. think of Michael. Well, like, you don't Wizards. think of Flair facing Foley in TNA. You think about the match with Sean. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The TNA is a great example for like half of these guys that we're talking about. I, I don't think of Sting against Hulk Hogan uh, yeah. at one of the Bound for Glories that they had. So with the ring like, of power that Abyss has. Right. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. That was <laughs> oh, man. One day, um, Peter, we will do an impact, a TNA pod and it will be. Oh, man. I, alcohol required. Oh, yeah. I, I always liked watching TNA because it would then make me want to play the video games because I was like, well, I could book like this. I could play yeah. a video game and book like this. It'd be fine. Um, but no, like, I, I don't think that this will tarnish the legacy. I am with you, though, because I was thinking if you had Rock for two nights in L.A., because I'm assuming this two night thing is now just a thing. If yeah. you did Rock Austin for one and Rock against Roman in another like that, that would that would sell out the place. But I don't because you're right. That last match is perfect. And the story going into it was perfect. And even just like the, the clip of Jr. saying, like, this is one of the great rivalries that we've had. And the good money says you'll never see it again. Like you just you have all of this, that, this that's building up to it. So I as cool as it would be. And I think the buildup would be phenomenal. I don't know if I want to see that. That that would be that would be very disappointing, I think. But at the same yeah. time, I would geek out for it. Yeah, like I mean, you're looking at the. I, I think this mania is looking actually not bad on paper for the most part. But like next year, yeah. you're looking at potentially Rock Roman, Austin Brock, and Becky and Ronda. Just those three matches alone next year. Uh, and I got kind of giddy for a second because Jericho I thought was free, and then Meltzer corrected it because his option did get picked up. And we'll talk about having wrestling contract options which i did not know was a thing until this week um but yeah i mean it it looks like this match is going to happen and it's going to be really exciting i just hope that you know like you said he got the ring from high spots uh and we've seen people come back from neck injuries and terrible things like brian like christian like edge so Paige is just on the sideline now being like when is it my turn yeah I keep waiting for her it to be her turn too. I, mm-hmm. I thought we might get it at the Rumble. I was yeah. wondering if we got it in AEW. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I keep waiting for that. But no, it's you're right. Like that, that's another part of this. Like we have seen guys whose careers were just over, done, and th- they have been able to come back with these things. And for, for Stone Cold, it's very clear that a it ended a lot earlier than he wanted it to. And yeah. I don't know if it ended in the way that he wanted it to. So to, to me, it, it would at least make a bit of sense that, that he wants to, to come back for it. I, I will be there with bells on for sure. Like I, at any time the glass is breaking on television, I'm going to be watching. And I've said before that the WWE has kind of played all their legends cards. Like I, there isn't yeah. really that sting out there now that, that could get me excited. This would bring me back as much as I, I hate the reliance on nostalgia. Yeah. This, this would definitely this would definitely get me to, to be a hypocrite on a lot of that. Well, they got, what, three dream matches with him, potentially? You have, I mean, if they do the Goldberg one, I don't want Goldberg at, at, at Mania, but if you did that in the Saudi, that is a dream match. Not, yeah. not this age, like I said. When we were 17, 18, if that would have happened, we would have lost our minds, like you said, if you did it on 2K. The big one, I don't even think is Brock, uh, as far as the dream match. I think that's the match that got away. So obviously mm-hmm. Austin has talked about it. I think Brock kind of talked about it on McAfee this week a little bit as well. Yep. Um, it's Cena. That's that's yep. the match. And that's why I'm like, do you do next year? Do you do Cena and Austin or that? And that's, you know, Cena and Austin 
especially now with the success that he's had with Peacemaker and he's growing in his career. So there is dream matches there. I mean, I'd love to see him against AJ because AJ would give yeah. him a hell of a match. Um, but it depends like where Austin wants to go. I'm assuming he wants Brock. He wants a Goldberg match. He wants his KO match. And maybe if he can get Cena, those are probably the four. Is there any other ones that you can imagine he'd want to get if he, if he does have this run where we're having maybe a Saudi show, a random pay-per-view, like a SummerSlam, and then the the last mania, if that's kind of what we're hearing, if it's one last year run. I I wonder if there would be something with a Randy Orton in there too, that, mm, that he might want, like someone who has cutter. been kind of toward the top for a while. Another yeah. thing I'm thinking, I wonder if they, and we're, again, we're, we are just spitballing a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I wonder if, if, again, you have Rock Austin for a couple of nights at WrestleMania, mm. do you go a New Japan route and have a tag match and Rock Austin actually team? On one side, like, would you do Rock Austin against Cena and Roman on one night? And then the next night, the singles matches of both of those. Or, like, there would be a lot that would have to change storyline in a year to have Roman teaming up with anybody. But would you do something like that? Like, these two guys, if we want to get them together one more time. the last four generations. Right, exactly. Yeah, like could could you do like that yeah. sort of a thing? Um, and you like Hulk Hogan could be a, a reference. Like, like, you you beat me to in. it. You beat me to it. <laughs> um, and so I wonder about that. And I don't know how much pull he has in the company anymore. And we'll, we'll get into that with some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. But I would imagine Triple H would want to kind of poke his nose in there on on some kind yeah. of a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. I'm assuming he would. The the one match out of anything, I think K will be cool. Seen is the match I want. That's the one. Cause I remember during tough enough and there was that clip going around and they asked like, though, I can't remember what wrestler has seen uh, asked Austin something. And they just was like, so Austin, is there any match you wish you had? It's like, yeah. And he just looked at Cena. <laughs> oh, that would be good. And that's the thing. Like you have all the, like the, the Brock storyline is built in. Yeah. Um, the, the Cena storyline, like you can, you can go that way quickly. And like, there's, if they let it, there's enough on the podcast of Stone Cold saying like, God, you got to sync that the, the STFU in a little bit mm-hmm. more. Like you, you would have a whole bunch of things. And also one thing that Stone Cold has never lost is the gift for Gab. He, he would oh, be God. able to like, if they did Stone Cold against Omos, by the time WrestleMania came around, Stone Cold would have talked me into such a tizzy that I'd be excited for it. So like any match they want to do, if, if he is physically ready to go, like I don't want to be uncomfortable watching the match, but if he is physically ready to go, then sign me up for whatever he is into. Yeah. Again, it's, it's also about bringing up the young talent. If you're going to do this guys, like even with the rock, if the rock is the one that's supposed to be Roman, then I hope he drops the title to a Braun breaker by that for the next pay-per-view or something to get a Braun yeah. breaker or someone over like, cause obviously I'm assuming rock's going to be the one that ends this Roman reign, which is, um, probably not the one I you want because you want it to be a star talent, right? We're about to get into mm. Cody thing. It's like, it's great you're bringing Cody back, but like the problem is like, there's not as many dream matches for Cody per se. There is, but like not in the same way because in AW, he had all the young talent there, right? And even if Austin went to AW, I think we'd be talking about like, oh my God, can you imagine against Punk and against Brian and this and this and this, and these guys could deliver into a good match. We're talking yeah. with Austin and WWE, it's more nostalgia acts. Yeah, and that, that that is the difference, right? Um, like just you just mentioning AEW was like, oh, okay, well, Punk for sure. Yeah, um, and just just and it almost happened. Battles. It almost happened. Yeah, just the promo battles alone with Austin and MJF would be. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I, right. I was gonna add, speaking about MJF, I was going to ask you this because uh, I had this question with the Cody stuff. 
uh, and just all the wrestling. If you had a number one pick for a wrestler right now in all of wrestling, is MGF your number one pick or is it somebody else? Oh, man. That is a good question. Um, he's definitely high up there. Yeah. I, I still, and I get like out of sight, out of mind. Kenny Omega to me is still the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. Uh, um, the promos are a little goofy though. So maybe, God, yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but MJF might be number one. You're right. Like it's, it's yeah. either MJF or, or Kenny Omega. And it's just a matter of what you value in your promotion, I guess, with, with a little bit more of the talking. Like one guy is significantly better in the ring, but the other guy is significantly better on the microphone. And which one do you value a little bit more? And we kind of talked about this when we talked about our hangman stuff a few weeks ago. It's hangman just kind of has MJF's title right now. <laughs> We're just kind of waiting for double or nothing for this to happen. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's Adam Cole match. I mean, it's going to be really, really good. And okay, make me get to the to the MGF match. That's the one we yeah. want. We want him to have his title reign and be an asshole and want him to lose the title. That's kind of what we want to get to. Yeah, it's so weird because like AEW generally the pay-per-view matches, like none of them are throwaway matches. None of them are, okay, let's just get to the next thing. But it does kind of have that feeling right now. And even after the the Texas death match, which was absolutely insane. So good, yeah. Even after that, you have no buzz around Hangman Page and Adam Cole. It feels like, anyway. Um, But no, you're right. Like that's, it, it is MJF's wrestling world right now and we're all just living in it. So we'll talk now about the big story this week. Cody Rhodes. We, we can call him Cody Rhodes again. Um, <laughs> it, uh, by all signs, is headed to WWE. Could be there. He could be on a flight to Saudi Arabia right now. We do not know. We yeah. have no idea. Um, but I expect to see him in the next two weeks. Um, again, we don't know for sure. If But it, 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 at this point, we're hearing number figures and everything. It seems pretty at the point we can talk about him being in the Fed. Uh, I'm just... I don't know where to start first, Peter, but when they had the press release and everything, I sent it to, you know, I sent it to you and a few other wrestling fans. And I, I still, until about a day ago, I thought it still was a work. Yeah, man. Yeah. I thought so too. Like it just all, it all, because Cody is so um, passionate about like tailoring everything to the hardcore audience. Um, it, it really felt like that this was all a work because after he cut that promo, on everyone in AEW, except for the guy who he was facing. It felt like, okay, this is a guy who's setting up like his stuff for the rest of the year. And if I'm, if I'm Tony Khan, like I understand, okay, we'll get things done, whatever. I don't know if I'm letting him do that. If I don't know that I'm keeping him right. Like that, that seems like why, why, why would you let him go out and cut the promo and talk about being a free agent? If you didn't actually know that you were going to bring him back. So it's, it, to me, it's a rare misstep from AEW in that sense. But no, like this all felt like some kind of a work. And I'm I, I am I am stunned. And I'm with you. Like there's there's just so many different talking points that come to mind regards to like what it means for AEW, what it means for WWE. How did we get back to this point with someone who was so anti-WWE for the last few years? It, it's all like there's just so many different things that you can go with right now. So let's go with what we know for now and then we can get to we can get some maybe some booking or stuff down the road here so what we know is it seemed from all the reports together now that everything kind of went wrong in december 2019 now why is that date significant that is when the worst angle in the history of aw happened the terrible dark order segment with the terrible punches mm. that's when that segment happened which cody booked 
And mm-hmm. it was very shortly after that that Cody lost the book. And that it fully became Tony Khan. And he slowly started losing EVP status. And so did the Bucks. In fact, I didn't know this until this week. The only person that has EVP status now in that company and doesn't really have it, but kind of has it, is Kenny for the women. Hmm. But the Bucks have nothing. The Bucks are just talent. And Cody more or less was just talent as well, but then would go out of his way to do stuff like the boots. Apparently Tony Khan had no idea what the hell he was doing. He just did it, which again, we talked about it. It was like, that was weird. Yeah. And hmm. you could hear Shivani and JR be like, uh, what is going on here? Yeah. So it comes hmm. down to the, the loss of the booking power and the EVP. The other thing I didn't know is, so obviously, you know, a lot of us, you know, I remember watching the New Year's Eve being the elite when they all announced it and everything like that. And we all kind of thought, well, Cody's the main brainchild of this. And he was kind of doing those uh, media interviews the way the Hunter was doing them for NXT for a while. Yes. Right. So it's like, okay, well, Tony's the Vince and he's the Hunter. Um, and so you just thought, oh, he, he's the secondhand right man. When the company was started, the Bucks were given EVP status. Kenny was given EVP status. Jericho had some kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cody was not given anything. Hmm. And the Bucks and Kenny had to talk Tony into doing that and to giving him the oh, really? status and having it. And then we kind of fast forward all the way to this past week when Meltzer had the tweet out, well, the lawyers are saying this. I'm like, why is there lawyers involved? He's a t- wrestling guy getting cut. It's because Cody, th- uh, Cody thought he deserved equity of AEW. Oh. Tony said, no, it's my company. I have it all. And Cody's rationale for everything and why he's been so unhappy is AEW doesn't happen without me. Tony's rational is, well, I'm the billionaire. I started a wrestling company. And Cody is, well, if I didn't do all in, AEW is not what AEW is. Right. And so he has a point, right? Like yeah, that, so that that's was, where we are. Yeah. Like that, that was the start of AEW and also kind of the start of the end of Ring of Honor, too. Um, yeah. But no, it, and it's, it, it has been an interesting dynamic and it kind of highlights how much things have shifted over the last couple of years, right? Because yeah. at the beginning, it was the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody and Jericho are doing this thing and yeah. Tony Khan is funding it. And yes. it has slowly morphed into Tony Khan's wrestling company. Um, and now, again, for better or worse, because like it's been a great company so far, right? Yes, like as, as far as we can tell, the, the wrestling's been phenomenal that the television product has been I, I think improving greatly to what extent now is that sacrificing things with Cody and with the Bucks and with Kenny Omega the, the Bucks if I'm not mistaken they re-upped a contract uh, a little bit ago right like the, their options for- were picked up again I did not know that there was options Tony had options much like you have a player options right James Harden yeah this option got missed by the Sixers a few days ago for an example he picked up Kazarian's option, Christopher Daniel's option, who's in the office, has not been a talent mm-hmm. for a while. Kenny Omega's, the Bucks, and Jericho's. He did not pick up Cody's. Yeah. He could have had so, Cody like, till 2024. Yeah. Um, and, and so that like kind of shows the, the writing on the wall there. Yeah. So uh, it, it's interesting they have options because now like you can see where the, the sport, uh, sports owner guy is kind of popping in. Like you said, yeah. like, that's something we've had in we haven't necessarily had in wrestling. The thing that I keep coming back to is like, th- th- this feels monumental, but then you look at it from AEW. And again, I don't know how much Cody was doing behind the scenes, but from just an on television standpoint, 
I don't think it means that much. You know, like we've I talked every either. week about how every Cody segment feels different than everything else it's on Cody AEW, World. And I feel, it's Cody World. Exactly. And I feel yeah. like he has a lot to do with that, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, as much as like they, they don't have the book or whatever thing, whatever like that. I do feel like there is a lot of creative control in AEW for, especially for those guys. Like I feel like the yeah. Bucks aren't doing anything they don't want to do. And Cody isn't doing anything he doesn't want to do. And in fact, I think Cody gets to do a lot of just whatever he wants to do. And that's why everything that he says is so batshit crazy all the time. But from a a television standpoint, I don't think that the show loses a whole lot by losing this character. And again, I don't know what he does behind the scenes, but on television, I'm not going to miss it. I'll be honest. I'm not going to miss the the Uh, Cody AEW segments. I had one or two DMs of people that have listened to our pod and been like, what are you and Peter going to bitch about now? About AEW, Mike. I don't know. I think probably nothing. Honestly, probably nothing because the Cody thing was just as different world, and they're just the, the you know. And he was having good matches, like the Sammy Guevara match mm-hmm. was great, and the Malachi Black matches were great. And you know, a bookend of AEW, like you can't go much better. It first match in the company is that match with Dustin. That's a certified five star, and yep. then the match with Sammy's pretty close to a five star. So yep. I, I can't get mad at that. I, I understand now on the outside to some people. You lose uh, the perceived second-hand man to Tony Khan, and he's going to go to the competition. That's a little weird, especially, like you said, like it's a guy that's trashed WWE almost every single chance he's got and shows that Vince is always going to welcome you back with open arms at the end of the day. Um, so that's weird. I, the thing is, like, okay, so he's unhappy with the book and unhappy with where he was going, but now you're going to go to WWE where you don't have any creative power you're going right. to have writers writing your promos again and Vince dictating everything that you can do. Whereas, you know, as bad as things were and you didn't have created, you know, the book and everything like that, you still had the back end of Warner media, your own reality show, the, the, the go big show and everything. It's, it's very puzzling of where everything goes. It's, and to me, it almost comes down to, and then, and then not happy with what Brian and punk got compared to what he thought he deserved. It, it it kind of comes down to ego at the end of the day, it seems like. Yeah, it really does. And I do think that there is a sense of the, the grass being greener. Like, oh, I don't yeah. have all of these things. I'll just go over there. It's like, well, you're definitely not going to have all of those things there. Um, like, you, you want to talk about a controlling environment. That feels like a controlling environment over yeah. in WWE. So, yeah, it just it feels like a lot of hurt feelings and it feels like a, a lot of ego. And we, we've kind of talked about it before. Instead of going to WWE, which, hey, look, like, go out and get paid. Like, I, I have, if you want oh, to yeah, do that, for do sure. That. I, I would have much rather he started another wrestling promotion. You know, like, just, all right, well, fuck you then. I'm going to go do my own thing. Because there's so much talent out there that is just overflowing right now at mm-hmm. AEW and free agency. Like, Braun Strowman and EC3 are starting a wrestling promotion. Surely to God, Cody Rhodes <laughs> would be able to, to maneuver something to be able to get his own thing. I don't know if there's another channel that Dusty um, had wrestling on that he can kind of try to sap. We'll talk to Billy Corrigan. Right. Go to NWA. Yeah, exactly. Like it just, and that's the thing. When, when you have someone like when we, when we talk about Brian going to, to AEW, we also talk about him wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. And we talk about him wrestling uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki. And we talk about him potentially with Shibata and going into the G1. We talk about all these options. When we talk about Cody going to WWE, we talk about Cody going to WWE. And then maybe he's in a WWE Studios film if they're still doing those. Like that's, yeah, that's basically it. Is I don't know the, the I don't know the dream match. USA? We don't, right. I, like Meltzer and everyone's like, so what's the dream match? Because exactly, I don't know. Yeah. People are like, will he face Roman? I'm like, uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, 
I don't is that know a rematch of the WWE world though? Like the, the no. last time this guy was on their TV, he was stardust. Uh-huh. Like I, again, he has done well to build up his his reputation. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'll watch, and I'll I'm sure there'll be some stuff that I'm excited for. But my a couple of things. My thought is that he is from a wrestling sense, not a family sense. He is the Shane replacement, right? Like Shane was supposed to have a big jump off the whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. Not that Cody's going to go do that. But now I, I think whoever was bookmarked to face Shane gets bookmarked to face Seth. Cody. Like that's, Seth. yeah, that, that's kind of, that, that's kind of where I, I think this is going to go. Cody versus Seth, which uh, two cravers, uh, two characters that'll drive you up the goddamn wall. But yeah. um, I, I think that that's, that, that's probably, that's my assumption for where this goes. Like that there is an obvious hole. They have now signed someone and they can, the, the story will be different, but I think they can easily slide that guy in there. And to that point, I wonder now if Seth wins the chamber. Maybe, yeah. Roman goes like, and screws over Brock and costs him, you know, the double championship. Easy story there because Brock's not taking a clean pin. So Roman uh-huh. and, and Heyman go in some, you know, like kind of like Sean did to take her that one time, pops out yep. of the underneath. The, she'll find a way to do it. Yeah, even if the Usos go in or something, screw Brock over. And then Seth walks away with the title. Then you could just go fuck off and do Lashley and almost even if you wanted to do that. And then Seth and Cody can face each other uh, and, and have that match, I guess. Because Seth, I guess, has kind of been the most anti-AEW guy. And then, like the, He's the kind of the closest to the, the company guy because perceived to Cody, his dream match is Hunter. But yes. that's not happening anytime soon. Right. Um, and that that's the other part of this is that while thinking about this, Cody has been very anti-WWE but yeah. specifically anti-hunter, right? Like the, the, the sledgehammer to the throne and the all shovel. of these types of things. And whatever, whatever image we have of Triple H now after NXT is not the image Cody has coming mm-hmm. from his time with Legacy against DX and how that probably could have been handled a little bit better. Um, and so like that, there was obviously a bit of, hurt feelings coming out of that, that have stuck with Cody for a very long time. And I wonder if this happens, if Triple H is still a prominent figure in the company, right? Like it's obvious Triple H has been phased out. I, I wonder if any of this happens, if NXT is still the black and gold brand run by, by Paul Levesque. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, and we don't know Hunter's health status either because of the heart attack. It sounds like he's still, you know, recovering, from that, yeah. that's, I mean, and you could do the whole NXT, you know, NXT versus that Jacksonville group or whatever you wanted to do. So that's, and, and here's the other part too, Peter, is so Cody didn't want to turn heel and Tony and him really batted heads in that because of his charity work and because Cody wants to go into politics and felt that would be bad for his future in politics, which is like, Cody, you've been a heel for like 60, 70% of your career. Why, yeah. why like, they're not going to go back and look at that. So Good luck telling also, Vince McMahon you're not going to be a heel. Good luck. You have you want to go into politics and you're worried that a TV character is going to cost you when you got a giant fucking logo <laughs> that is, I get it's the American flag, but like you got uh, this giant gargantuan thing that looks like a sore on your neck, but you're worried that you making the crowd in Indianapolis boo because you shit talk the Colts is going to be the reason you don't go into yeah. politics? Come on. Yeah, the joke was Vince is going to be like, okay, yeah, Cody, you get $3 million. Vince, what do you think? God damn it, what's that on your neck? 4.5 million, get rid of that shit, and I'll see you at SummerSlam. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll pay for we'll pay for all the lasers and then the makeup to cover that thing up because that oh what a miss that is. That see that this is a human being who needs an editor and maybe maybe in WWE because like thinking about it, the stuff that frustrated me with Cody was the the actual character and the promos and stuff like that and the the stories around that. Not that WWE is perfect in this way, but maybe this is a guy who's just better with a writer than he is just off the cuff. Maybe because we don't have to go into Cody world as much. And I mean, I, I was asked this by a friend and I'm interested in your opinion where Cody was in the current AEW landscape. Was he a 10 top 10 valuable asset to them? And I said, no, 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 no. I, I don't know if he's top 20. I probably can name 20 people more valuable than Cody on that roster. Yeah. Like he, he's no, no, I, I, he, he's just like, Honestly, I'm excited to see what they do with the extra TV time now. That 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 is that's where I was at with the Cody character. I want it to be more focused on the women's side of things. Yes. Um, like I think that is when we talk about things that we'll bitch about about AEW. Uh, now now that the the Cody bitch has been slid to the side, need to see a bit more women's representation on there. But yeah. no, he, he's just he is simply not like I all the the rest of the elite are ahead of him in value. It, it Punk Brian. Uh, MJF, Britt Baker, Sammy, uh, Jade Cargill, Sammy, like the the inner circle, um, the, the, House the guy of who sells popcorn, uh, the pro wrestling tees. Like he's just, <laughs> I, I just, I don't feel like there was a Dan whole lot of value to the Cody character. But yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Brody's kid, like you all of them. all the monies um, now to Danhausen that Cody gave. Yes, up. all the monies for Danhausen. Yeah, that that's the real reason is that he was yes. afraid of Danhausen. Too much money. Um, yeah, exactly. So no, like I'm I'm interested in a few things in AEW. I'll watch them in WWE. I, I think that they're you're right. Like there isn't like a dream storyline that they could come up with that it's like I can't wait to see Cody. It's in not this. AJ, I'm, by the way, either. Like you're like it's AJ. I'm like no, that's Kenny's match. That's not Cody's match. Yeah, they they could kind of like Cody with the whole the Bullet Club is fine thing after AJ left. Like you could you could lie about the story and try to to weave it in. But even then, like you don't have the Good Brothers there. To, no. to really any of that like Cody against Finn I like I just th- there's nothing they're there's nothing matches. there that's like yeah they're matches but they're right the, the and then story is uh... is Cody viewed as a main event guy or are we going to be seeing in a year Cody wrestling for the intercontinental title in a ladder match right like where where, where I don't is think this he's a main event viewed? guy I mean I, nope. I think they I think they're going to bring him in that the one thing the WWE has here there's a few things is they in there at their next uh, quarter conference can be like when they're when their stockholders are like, well, why are you losing John Moxley and Brian and Adam Cole? Well, we got their EVP. Yeah. So that can yeah. say that to them now. And then there's this notion of Cody guys that are very mad that he's gone. And two of them are big. And that's Sammy Guevara and MJF, whose contracts mm-hmm. are up in 2024. And we've already talked in the past that Fox wants MJF. So yeah. That's a, that's another reason you'll have Cody as an asset there. So do you want to bury Cody that much? Because you probably want to get MJF. No, that, that's, that's very fair. Um, and that, that's another interesting wrinkle in, yeah. in all of this. It's just someone, someone made the comparison of Cody to Jeff Jarrett and I can't get my head around that. And it's like, my first reaction was, Oh shit, that's a little, and I think Cody's a better wrestler than Jeff Jarrett yeah. was, but it's a guy who has carried himself as a main eventer that probably isn't a main eventer. Oh, okay. And, and side, probably yeah, got, yeah. 
yeah, probably got more main event opportunities than maybe his, his skills and specifically his mic work would lead you to get. Like there's there's enough comparisons there that I'm like, I can see where that one is coming from. Yeah, like, I mean, some people said like uh, Meltzer thought it was interesting that the Priest and AJ match on Monday was so short. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, what if they change pace? And he's facing Priest. And they, then, you know, Alvarez was like, well, no, they can't do that. Like, you can't bring Cody to do that. And I'm like, that's about where I see him is facing Priest. And you're facing a young talent in, in Damian Priest. You'll have a good match. We know Damian Priest is, is good. But, like, they're like, no, he has to be in a world title match right away. I'm like, does he? I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't I don't think. Now, if they want to get him to where, like, if they want to maximize the value, then he should be in a, a higher up feud than, than Priest. Well, yeah, he's getting like he $3.5 million, so... He should be higher. He, yeah. He should be in like the bad bunny stuff. You know, like yeah. I, I feel like he could be, he could almost be like the baby face Miz where mm-hmm. you can send him to a bunch of interviews. He's great. I, I've interviewed him before. He was lovely to deal nice. with. Which I feel, I feel bad shitting on him now. Um, But like, he's, he, he's great on camera. He is great doing the media. He, he could be kind of a baby face Miz, which again, it is a valuable role for that company. But from a television standpoint, I don't know if that's really where he would want to be. So the, the, this whole thing is, is interesting. And then on the, the AW side, what do you do with Dustin now? Not that Dustin's been on TV every week. Apparently but they're not close. What do you do with Arn? What, 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 what do you do Arn, with Arn? I don't know. Arn, I don't know. Uh, Nightmare Factory, I don't know. QT, I don't know. But apparently QT and Tony have built up a good relationship. But like the Nightmare Factory, that's not owned by AW. That was, mm-hmm. that's, Cody owns that. So the Nightmare Factory... Like, I, like, and I, you know, Meltzer and a few other people, like, is Anthony Okogo under AW contract? Right. Or is he just doing dark matches? Because no one really knows. So could some of those guys go to NXT potentially? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, uh, and look, I mean, for Anthony Okogo, it's not like he can be worse, booked worse than NXT. And, and, I'm, I'm, right. and I'm literally saying that because he was booked really, and that was a major miss by Cody. On, yeah. on on that feud uh and cody's had good stuff I, I think he is you know a good worker inside but he does need a good dancing partner with him so if it is seth they'll put on a four-star match because oh yeah that's a good dancing partner and he could potentially get to that level and i, I think for cody too it's a sense of melter uh said i couldn't do the all-in the all-in pay-per-view and i proved him wrong they said yeah. i couldn't you know do japan and i proved them wrong and then, he, you know, they said I couldn't have four or five-star matches. I proved them wrong. And now they said I wouldn't be anything in WWE. It's time for me to prove them wrong. And he has the ability to do that because there was a lot left on that plate there for WWE. He is a good-looking guy. He's yep. pretty good in the ring. And like you said, he's very personable and has that, that charisma that can be showcased. That's why Warner wanted to get in the Cody Rhodes business, having the reality yep. show and having good big show. So there is those positive traits that can be really made good, like you said, to be a Miz and to be a WWE superstar. Yeah. And like you, you have Brandy as, as part of the, the, the package as well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much of the package she is going to be, but she, at least there is an aspect of promos that she is good at. Um, I, mm. I don't know if I would have her talking every week, but there, there is an aspect of promos that, that, that she does quite well. And so, I, I think that that is also a, a positive in this. Like there, there is a world where this is a home run 
for, for WWE where, where they come out the, he, he has a match where he looks like gangbusters and he, he goes off and he wins money in the bank and then the WWE championship and they have a new main eventer for years and years to come. There, there is absolutely a scenario where this works out pretty well for WWE. It, it is just, we have been so beat down by, okay, this is the big guy who is coming in. Finn Balor is going to get this opportunity and it's going to be, Oh, what, what's that? He's not even in the Royal rumble now. Oh, okay. Great. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, the good brothers are going to be, Oh, they're not with the company anymore. Like th- there, there's been a lot of times where we have been excited about free agent signings and what this could mean. And then it kind of just fizzles out into nothing. And that's why there's the, the skepticism. Like we said, like Cody is with the right partner in the ring. He is excellent. And with, editing i think he can be a very good character and he's he checks off so many boxes if handled appropriately this could work out very well for wwe it could it's funny you mentioned it could also fall into his face (laughs) it could they they bought when he had the magic control like oh they're gonna give finn a push okay and then we had him flop like a fish yeah yeah that was disappointing and man i wonder what would have happened if he does doesn't get hurt after winning the, the universal championship like that that that's a a great yeah. what if in professional wrestling yeah because that kind of derailed everything and I, I think the other interesting thing would be what the negotiations are for cody and if they do see him as a personnel developer if they do want to put him down and do some stuff with nxt as well and kind of because i it sounds like it's pritchard right now so maybe they want to mm-hmm. have cody there and be like hey like behind closed doors you kicked our ass how did you kick our ass? What would you do right. on Wednesdays? Yeah. Uh, Tuesdays, no, I, I guess. I think you, yeah. I, I think you would be valuable in that role. Um, and, and I also think like one of the ways I could see them using Cody is kind of like Wade Barrett when Nexus happened. And he was the, yeah. he, he's kind of the leader. Like I, I could see him being the leader of a Braun Breaker, someone else, someone else group, which shows how much yeah. I pay attention to NXT. I couldn't come yeah. up with three. Carmelo uh, Hayes. I'll <laughs> give you one. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, like I, I, I do think there are there are roles that Cody would fill very well. I know I've been shitting on it a lot, but like that there is absolutely a world where this works out but well for both sides. It, the one thing is just going to be really interesting is like, I don't think the ship is sinking, but the podcast, whatever it is, if it's an Austin pod, if it's if he does the one with Renee, fuck, if he jumps on with Bill Simmons, I mean, Bill, I will say this about the story. It was on the New York Post. It was in the New York yeah. Times. It's been on the, it was on the LA times. It's been yeah, on Forbes ESPN. Had Forbes had it. Bill Simmons talked. Bill Simmons does not talk about wrestling very often and have his main wrestling people on his podcast. He talked about this Cody thing for 45 minutes on his Tuesday pod. So like we said, Stone Cold Steve Austin's returning to the ring for the first time, probably in 19 years, maybe the biggest star in the history of the, of the business. And this yeah. overtook it because I think it's, I think it's the side of the drama and the shock of everything because yeah. this guy is perceived and maybe that's his point. He's perceived to be the, the co-founder of this company. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I thought he had more value behind the scenes than he had yeah. um, in front of the camera. And now he doesn't have that. So it's, yeah. And it's interesting now how to, to see how AEW goes about things. Cause this is, this is the first blow to the other side. This is yeah. um, like Hall and Nash have left, but Hey, WWF has Johnny B. Bad. You know, like the, the this, that, is, this I is the first one so much Mark Merrill this week. <laughs> that <laughs> name has been thrown around all week. The Mark Merrill stuff. Yeah, it's probably closer to Paul White than than, than Mark Merrill. Yeah, I've heard over. Mark Merrill. I've heard Pillman a little bit again oh, okay. because they were yeah. taking the pieces. Um, Pollock brought up the point. Uh, I think it's Pollock. 
of could this be their Jericho of it was there and we knew it was there, yeah. but he just, and you mentioned he just needed the, the brims edited to find it. And Jericho's yeah. even talked about it. Like WCW, he was very close to being who he wanted to be, but Vince kind of cleaned the edges of everything like that. Yeah. So and they, we'll see when they do that. Well, they're better than anyone, right? Like that's, and that, that's, that's always been the frustration with WWE is that when they are on, they're the best. And it's just a matter of just fucking get there. <laughs> Cause I want, I want them to do well. I don't want to come on here and shit about how unwatchable raw is every week. Like I, yeah. I, I don't want five hours of my week to be hate watching something. I want it to be great. And the thing is too, you have, I, I the creative control is the last thing here to talk about. Brock has it. Roman has it. Well, Brock is one of the most entertaining things on television right now. He is yeah. amazing. And Roman made the call about the tribal chief and everything he does is normally pretty good. And it sounds like Lashley has minimal to a little bit of creative control with MVP and consistently Lashley segments are pretty good yeah. for the most part. Right. So, uh, and I assume Sammy and KO have something as well. I mean, Sammy kind of talked about that and, Look, I think there's a perceived from that Sammy interview too. Like, by the way, Tony did not offer either one of them contracts. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which, yeah, it's interesting. So, and that was the thing too of they were fighting over the budget. And Tony's like, this is the budget. I can't go yeah. over it. So Tony Khan does have a budget, despite you looking like he doesn't believe in it. He does have yeah. a budget. Uh, but Sammy said in that interview that when he resigned, he's like, I'm happy here. And I think that's a misconception from us with all the cuts and everything like that. That there is talent there. Like Sasha says she's happy. KO said he's happy. Sammy said. So there is people there that are happy there. Uh, you know, from the outside of us, it looks like an unstable workplace because you know who's going to get cut. But I think we're learning more now. Nia Jax, we know why she got cut. Uh, it sounds like we know now why Broman Strowman got cut. And it was, I'm not going to get into it, but it was pretty much for the same reason that Nia Jax got cut, even Marie as well. So some of those things are kind of coming out now of why those individuals were cut by Vince in the company. And yeah. so when you hear that stuff, it's like, okay, well, now that I know that, I kind of get it from their side. Mm-hmm. And now we're hearing stuff with Keith Lee the last few days of AEW and his attitude in the back. And that's kind of a reason that led to him being cut. So I, who knows, maybe there was more of a reason for some of these than we really know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Like, we get caught up on the wrestling and the story and all of that stuff. And then it's like, we talk about it here, Cody's making three and a half million dollars. You know, the shit I would put up with for three and a half million dollars, uh-huh. $350,000. I'll kick my cat. Like what, like just whatever you want me to do, I'll do it Um, for, but like for a lot of these guys, money helps. And also like we get caught up on, Oh, well, this storyline isn't going anywhere. Oh, well, this match was only four minutes. And they're like, I don't, I don't care. Um, like there, there are different motivations for different people than just, I want this to be entertaining and I want more for this guy. Um, I, I think we put as wrestling fans put more into yep. some of these other things than, than these wrestlers do. Yeah. Like, you know, in the, in the case of Sam and KO, like they're both like WWE lets us live in Quebec. They don't mm-hmm. expect us to go to Saudi. They're more respectful for Sammy for the reason why he doesn't go to Saudi Arabia. They respect KO's reason for his friend, why he doesn't go to Saudi Arabia. Which, you know, when he had the Austin Theory match, was like, well, we know KO's not winning this shit. Uh, and yeah. KO's like, I, you know, I don't have to go on the road as much because they know how much my family appreciates me and I get to live there. And Roots talked about the fact that he gets to go back and forth between Mississauga and whatnot because they prefer some of their talent to be more around Connecticut, obviously, if they can be. Mm-hmm. But 
And Sammy's like, I just get to go up. I'm kind of, Vince just says like, do this stunt and do this. He's like, everyone kind of wants me just to be El Generico. He's like, but I've done that. Yeah. He's like, and now like, spoiler alert, he's the Intercontinental Champion. So he'll probably have a good match with somebody at WrestleMania now for the IC title. Right. Well, and like a lot of these guys, like as much as Brian and Punk are elsewhere, like this, it's probably fun that KO and Sammy still get to work together and they have AJ yeah. there. Um, yeah. And like Seth Rollins, that there was crossing of paths. And so, yeah. and now they're all and working Edge. together. And Bobby Roode, like, yeah, like there's a lot of these guys who have kind of come up together. Like they're working with their friends. How, how could you not want to do that? It's a fun thing yeah. to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you, you get to, to have a little bit more to your life than just professional wrestling. And uh, the, the WWE hasn't always been okay with that, but it seems like they're getting better with that. So no, it's, and it's, again, the, the main thing is WWE, the wrestling world is more fun when WWE is fun. And I'm happy that these yeah. guys are staying there and it's not just robots from NXT getting called up. Yeah. I mean, and even like with Brian, like it's again, like it's not all doom and gloom. Punk has his reasons and I sympathize with his reasons, but even Brian did the whole love letter to the athletic. And I'm pretty sure Brian just is like, I just want to face Okada and Kenny Omega yeah. and I haven't got a chance to do these matches so and he tried to stay he tried to stay with the Fed and make the New Japan deal work and it just didn't work so Brian's yeah. gonna do these three years he's gonna have some fun matches probably come back have one last run with WWE and then retire so yeah. and I think that's kind of what the agreement was he's like I just want to go wrestle I don't care about money some people don't care and Cody he wants to cash in so whatever works for anybody I'm not gonna object about it in this profession right yeah. now uh, and like you said, it's better when they're when when WWE is good. This past Raw wasn't good. Uh, the last few Raws have not been good. Um, no. And you know, Chamber. We'll talk about that really quickly here in a second. You know, always gives us a dirty feeling. But uh, I, I thought Pollock brought up a good point when he was doing his AW review today. He's like, it's kind of crazy how we just are just kind of like yeah, it's it's a Saturday pay per view. We're kind of I don't want to say we're over it because you and I when we've talked about Saturday like oh Saudi ugh. But then you're like, well, yeah. I, I am kind of interested. So unfortunately, I am going to watch. Yeah. Well, and that was that was the thing, too. It was easy to boycott the first few because they yeah. kind of sucked. You know, like yeah. the, there wasn't like I, I, I wasn't enthralled by the nostalgia of Undertaker and Kane against Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Like that didn't that didn't hook me or anything like that. But now you're putting actual impactful things on it. And it's oh, I kind of need to watch that. And mm -hmm. it, you're right. Like it, it has. It, they've just kind of held the course. They, they, they've even like lessened the, we're not mentioning Saudi Arabia on television. It, it's just a, an, an international event and all of those things. And they, they've lessened that. And this is kind of a, a lesson from everything that's gone on in the world the last few years. Like you just keep doing, people will initially shit on the thing you're doing because they should. And you just kind of keep doing it and you normalize it. And then it just becomes a part of the, the everyday. Yeah, this is just, this isn't even a special show anymore. This is just, another show on the card it's elimination chamber like it's just yeah. another show in the year instead of a tuesday crown jewel wow this is a crazy um once in a lifetime weird thing no this is just one of the pay-per-views now and it's just completely normalized it yeah and i hope for yeah i mean everything around saudi and everything is really but i mean we've never had more women on a show and we you and i talked about this last time it you know it is annoying to us as westerners that Becky and Lita are going to be covered, right? Yeah. And in many ways, though, I do want to respect their culture, but it's yeah. also like you're also restricting women from being women as well. So it's it's this 
it's this unfortunate mixed thing. But look, we weren't at, and Sasha's talked really elegantly, and some and Natty and everyone has talked much more elegantly about it as women. It's like we cannot give change unless we push change, right? So yeah. we have what in this match in this card, we have over 10 women having a match on this show. That is yeah. fantastic for those little girls that are going to be sitting in that Saudi crowd that, you know, may have whatever BS from that their side that's going to put into their mind. They're going to get to see all these women in their crowd and have somewhat of an empowerment that they're not going to probably get anywhere else in that state. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that is, that that's always how WWE has sold it. And to their credit, they have now delivered on that, right? Like yeah. this is, like you said, this is the most women on a, on a card by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And that that is positive change right like now i don't know if you're going to completely alter how how women are viewed in that neck of the woods but it is at least positive progress and that you're right that wouldn't happen if they they weren't over there they're not getting that for free you know like no. they aren't the wwe isn't doing this just as a human rights mission that like that the the other line on their their budget books getting 40 million dollars each quarter certainly helps things out Lita's, I'm kind of worried for. I'm like, is Lita going to do some like cheeky pride fl- uh, flag like somewhere on her gear and see if she can get away with it? I'm like, Lita, please be careful. Yeah, I I, I think that is something that is monitored by WWE very, yeah. very closely. Yeah. Like, th- this is one of those times. Because aware, favorite clubs for everyone when he was out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's that there are just certain certain political stands that you, you just you can't do over there, right? Yeah, whether we agree with it or not. Um, so do we have anyone? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm do we have anyone that's open? Uh, Sonia, so Sonia won't be on the show, obviously. I don't think she no. is. No, she is. Sonia's on the show. Holy crap. Oh wow, okay. Well, um there was one last time too, wasn't there? I thought. I can't remember now. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like they've at least kind of crossed that bridge a little bit. But again, like none of them are open on television, right? Like mm. the you, you don't have that as part of someone's character on TV. Yeah, um, the so closest I, I for Sonya is Total Divas. That's the closest that we know that she's open. Right, um, and that like I, I don't even think that show is running anymore. Right, so no. like as, as far as the the current product is concerned. Um, not, not very few of these people have any sexual interests in anything at all. They, they yeah. are strictly performers who go out there and wrestle, and the, the opposite sex is completely foreign to them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go over this card really quick. Um, so we have Rey Mysterio with Dominic against The Miz and Maurice. Maurice will be the most covered up we've ever seen her covered up. That that is certainly correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine Ray gets the win in this spot, but like this has been an all right feud. The weird yeah. thing is, like, you're feuding over the cover of the video game, and I get why, because the video game's coming out in yeah. less than a month. It, it, it would, it's showing the Miz's character has a, a wild misunderstanding of, like, the time it would take to print up new covers. If they're, like, it, it, your time to bitch about the cover athlete for the video game was about eight months ago. Talk sir. to 2K the, about the, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a, a real stretch there of, of cover athletes who, who got yeah. shipped out in, in some way, shape, or form for a bit. So, yeah, yeah like, um, I mean, like, NHL had to change it uh, in 04 when Danny, Danny Healy, Healy. Yeah. Yeah, did that thing. Um, so the, there's, like, there are times where it's been altered, but 
I, the, the Miz has a real misunderstanding of the, the marketing that goes into a video game, but it's, it's been an okay feud. I'm, I'm wondering what Ray's involvement in WrestleMania is going to be. I think you have to have him involved in something. I've heard Bad Bunny. I've heard Bad Bunny. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, I don't and, know and if you wanted who, to... but I don't want to do Bad Bunny with Miz again. We've done that. Yeah, it, I mean, maybe this is maybe that's the Cody spot. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, Cody and Cody and Ray had that, that was honestly one of Cody's best feuds um, when when he went from dashing Cody Rhodes to um, I'm I'm hideous. Uh, oh, like you, you had those. It. I the, that, that I and I I really liked that Cody. Um, but by the way, so maybe which the, music do you think he's getting? Because I love Smoke and Mirrors, but I do wonder if he'll get the down straights on if he because he has the rights. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if like you, you probably won't have the wrestling has more than one. Royal <laughs> yeah, there's family. no fucking chance. The, the the other one's right back there, like beside you when you're walking. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I could. I could see I could see them going with the music he has now. I think that would be that. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it, uh, I think Ray gets the win here. Yeah, I I agree with you. Just because two K probably wants it to be that way too. I I feel bad for Miz. Like kind of needs a win on a big show because he's yeah. lost lost a few to Edge and probably needs to get one over. So if that happened, I wouldn't be shocked. But just also in Saudi too, it seems when nostalgia acts for the most part get over, and yeah, you know they want to sell Ray merches to all the people in Saudi as well. So. There's that. that. Then we have this tag match. Ronda and Naomi against Charlotte and Sonya. There is a rumor that Ronda will have one arm tied behind her back. Cool. The sports entertainment. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, it, it means that there's a bit of a hindrance before you get into a Ronda-Charlotte match. So you, you don't just give away a lot of it for yeah. whatever. Um, I don't know. Like I would love to have a prediction on this. I'll say uh, Charlotte and Sonia get the win here, but to be perfectly honest, I don't think the result of this match really matters all that much. I could see Sonia getting the win over Naomi, and then we probably get the big match at Mania. Yeah. Yeah, that seems yeah. like that's where this is building to. Cameron comes out and interferes. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. Falls count anywhere with Happy Corbin, so I guess this is more or less a handicap match. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's not going to be 25 seconds. Like it's a, yeah. it's a false count anywhere match in Saudi. There, there's a bit of a, um, uh, I guess the bar has been set with what Lashley and Goldberg did the last time. I think yeah. this gets a bit of time, but there is in, in no world that Drew McIntyre doesn't come away with a pinfall victory in this match. No. What, what's Drew doing at Mania? Man, I have, I don't know. Hopefully something important because this, this Corbin thing has not been good at all. Like I cannot think of a. I can't think of what it would for be. Him. I cannot. I, yeah. yeah, I don't have the dancing part. I mean, in some ways I'd almost be. Do you send him to Raw to face um, Priest? Maybe like do you do him against Sammy for the IC title? I guess you could do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe the way they're gonna go because he's not. You know, maybe I guess maybe yeah, maybe him and Sammy just because. Then he gets the secondary belts, and then you know you kind of have the dynamic with him there. Maybe at SummerSlam you can do IC versus the the main title there with him yeah. and Roman. Well, and be- because of my working theory that we are still going to get title versus title at WrestleMania, and there there can only be one champion coming out of it. I wonder if they are going to put a little bit more importance on the secondary titles, mm. and because of that. Drew getting the IC title kind of he he becomes the SmackDown champion when the the undisputed champion 
Yeah, like like that belt there uh, yeah. is over on is Beautiful over on belt. Raw. Beautiful. Belt. Oh, it's so good. Uh, we have the Usos against the Viking Raiders. I have the Usos winning that. Yeah, that yeah. this match will be about four minutes. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, this will be a, an USO, which is too bad because these are two very good teams. But yeah, USOs for me. And I don't know, like, who's the number one tag team on them? I guess it'd be New Day. We'll probably take the titles at Mania. Then I guess for the eighth, ninth time. Yeah, probably uh, that, that'll yeah. probably be the match. Yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Lita for the Raw Women's Title. I think it'll be a fun match, but Becky is winning. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's a, a bigger role for Becky ahead, but I'll be interested to see what Lita does here because some of the, the stories is that she wasn't really set for a, a long run, even though a lot of us thought she could be. Um, yeah. well, we'll see if she has an impressive performance here. She probably works her way into a, a WrestleMania plan. I really thought the tag titles was going to be like the Bellas versus Team Bestie for a while there. I mean, I guess, you know, you could technically do that turnaround really quick if you wanted yeah. to, to take the titles off Selena and Carmella. And I had to really think about that for a second there. <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe you could do that. But yeah, I don't know where she'll go from there. I actually really, I really thought we'd see more Bellas. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. But with Mania coming up, maybe that's where the Bellas come back. I don't know. Well, yeah. And again, you, you have like a lot of that build might have started already, except some people might have some issues with Saudi Arabia, right? So yeah. maybe yeah. maybe Trish has an issue with it. Maybe the Bellas yeah. don't want to go. Well, they don't uh, like Canadians, um, right? So that's why like, we do not have any Canadians on this show other than Brock. Right. Yeah. Saskatchewan's greatest athlete, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, I, I tweeted this out. He nailed the pronunciation of Saskatchewan on the Pat McAfee show. He, he struck me as someone who was going to get that wrong. He nailed it. Um, but yeah, so maybe, maybe the Saudi factor is kind of messing with things. They don't yeah. want to start that big build and then have an interruption. Start that on Monday after after elimination chamber and go from there so that's I, I do think saudi might be getting in the way of a couple of things we haven't got the dark side of the ring next season announced we, we know there's a next season but we have another shows how long do we get that plane ride because we have the good brothers well, now we have brian we have a few people yeah yeah I, I think you could tell at least a lot of it with just the good brothers ftr um, stroman yep yeah, was was Pritchard there at the time? Because he would be someone who would talk on it quite a bit if yeah. once he eventually gets laid off for the 50th yeah. time from, from WWE. But no, like was. that one, it's and, probably coming Adam soon. Adam Cole's there, so he could talk about having to take a flight to SmackDown within like five hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad that uh, that, that McAfee is under the, the umbrella because he, he would be a good one for, for that one too. God, yeah. Uh, all right, then we have the women elimination chamber match. The winner will face Becky at Mania 38. Liv, Rio, Ripley, Bianca, Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, Alexa Bliss. I think there's only three real answers here. Yeah, and and they're all intriguing ones. Uh, so it's definitely yeah. Dewdrop. No, uh, <laughs> like they they have done a very good job with that gauntlet match. All of a sudden, Rhea Ripley is back to being the Rhea Ripley I know, that we thought I know. she should be. I think uh, I have her win. Um, I think I they could. Win. Yeah, like yeah. I I would be I would be on board with that. My my hope is Bianca. Yeah, um, because I think that's like, where just, we're going. They kept them to, away. To write this wrong, like that—that yeah. that, that feels like the the way that this should end. So I'm, I, my official prediction is going to be Bianca. Yeah, yeah, that's mine too. Um, I could see, you know, again, like the so the three are Rhea, Bianca, and then Bliss. I think they did as good of a job as they could with those segments. 
Yeah. To be honest, they, they were fine. I don't, I don't, it's not making any worse to the year list, which I think most of us would have thought these are making worse to the year list and they're going to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it accomplished what they wanted to accomplish with the character slowly changing back yep. or whatever. Like, I just so, don't like that she um, has Lily still, but that's a shop. That's a merch thing. So I get it. Yeah. And that's, that, that'll be an easy storyline when like some, someone will for once and all kill Lily. Um, and that'll be a big storyline for a little bit. And then Alexa will be back to normal and the, this yeah. whole time will go away. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have Bel Air winning too. I could potentially see this still be a three-way though with Rhea included in it. Yeah. I, I could see that as well. Uh, even yeah. if you wanted to do a, a fatal four-way with Alexa Bliss as well, yeah. you know, like yeah. that would, it's not like they haven't done that with a, a gimmick number one contender match very recently with Seth Rollins yeah. winning a, a ladder <laughs> match for day Everybody. one. And, it turns into a fatal five way with yeah. Brock Lesnar winning the title. So yeah. like they, they, they could do that. I, I hope they wouldn't because I hate it when that stuff happens, but I could see that happening. Roman and Goldberg. Look, we obviously know who's winning this match, but um, just, I hope, you know, I don't try this, the jackhammer Goldberg because you're not going to be able to get Roman up. I don't feel like, uh, yeah. but you know, some spear offs, just two uh, like Biggie said, two meaty men pounding each other up. I'm here for it. Yep. Yeah, two two mini men smacking meat. Um, yeah. This is, I, I think it's going to be fun. And honestly, I have raised expectations after the last showing that Goldberg put on. I, I thought mm-hmm. he was great against Bobby Lashley. So th- this is this is the style of match that Goldberg's going to be good at. And let's see. I'm 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 a, I'm at least interested in it. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I mean, I I almost wonder. I almost put this maybe the start of the show to get the crowd excited, like to get the crowd hyped. Mm. Because yep. you want to save Roman before the chamber match. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the win and then to, to potentially if he does screw over Brock. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then we have our three-way match. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, uh, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. Um, maybe a potential I'm going to put on there. Austin Theory question mark, Cody? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Like- yeah. I mean, you, you have this, like, you could say, like, Brock decimated him, and so there's a, yeah. a mystery opponent, and yeah. it, it ends up um, being dashing Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my prediction is Brock. I, I know you have the, he gets screwed over and whatever. I am still holding to this undisputed champion thing. I, I still think that's what they want. That They would not throw out title for title as much as they have if we weren't going to get it. So I, I, I am officially saying Brock Lesnar is winning this match and we are getting a title for title at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure you're correct, but just to be a little bit different, I'll pick Seth. Cause I think, I think there's only two people you can I, I, There's three people actually much like the other one. I think there's three people for reasons of the match. Well, I guess you can almost talk yourself into anyone four feuds in this, except for theory, because you can, yeah. uh, and Bobby, I don't, I don't think Bobby's retaining. Um, like, yeah, I could, talk myself into riddle because that could be the feud for randy randy gets jealous that he's the champion right like they could riddle wins this he becomes the champion they have their tag match against alpha academy randy takes the pin saying you were distracted because you're the wwe champion and you didn't care about the tag titles and i put up with all your shit and look where you are now so i could see that potential there for riddle to have it but i don't think riddle is ready for the title yet but you could see that potential there aj because Makes sense if you want to up the edge in the AJ uh, feud with that, right? Um, Seth talked about it for the Cody feud, potentially. Um, 
But at the end of the day, I think you're probably right. It's probably going to be Brock just to have that title first title. And then you can kind of maneuver all these other things around. But if I had to say a second guess, it would be Seth. Like who's your, if it's not Brock, who's your second guess? Yeah. If it's not Brock, um, I I am with you that it would be Seth as well. Um, I can like, I understand the thought of, of Riddle and I I get like the, where they were kind of thinking with that potential Royal Rumble win and, Mm. and stuff like that. But I just don't, I don't think that feud needs it. Like, I, I think that you are like Riddle against Orton has a main event type of a feel to it whenever they mm-hmm. do that. Right. Because that, that's been the most popular tag team in WWE for a minute now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're kind of taking a main event away. If you put a championship in that as well. Um, same thing with AJ edge. Like it just, I, I don't think, I don't think it needs it. I don't know what the appetite would be for, two guys in their forties and fifties going for the WWE championship at WrestleMania. Yeah. So not that we're avoiding that, but I, um, I, I, I think, yeah, Seth, Seth would make the most sense to me. You kind of see the dancing partners for everybody here, right? Potentially yeah. like you Brock and Roman Bobby and almost seems like that seems like the match. Uh, theory. God, I, can I hope see for his, Theory. I can see for his priest. Yeah. Potentially uh, AJ and edge. And then Riddle, I don't know. I don't know if that's the Randy match yet because we've heard like they didn't think it'd be as successful as they and it has. And I think they're second in merch right now, only behind New Day. So yeah, like they've consistently been the most entertaining segments of yeah. the week, you know. And they've you, you've now elevated Alpha Academy into yeah. into Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like they, they the they've done a great. They've done a great job with that, and and so like this is an act that can help establish a tag team division pretty quickly if they wanted to so i i would not be in a rush to to break this up you could do i think they're facing alpha at mania yeah i think you could do a lot like this could be you could build this to the point where it's main eventing next year's wrestlemania you know like you you could build it up if you wanted to just do riddle wins the rumble uh jealous whatever at next year's wrestlemania you definitely could do that because there's still chapters to be written in this book yeah i i don't think i'd split rk bro up yet you're selling merch still right? Randy can take TV off for weeks at a time. I know he had COVID that one time, but you know, with how, you know, he's being a father and, you know, him and his wife have like kind of have like a cheap, cheaper by the dozen situation going on. Um, you know, it's nice for him to kind of be away and he's an older guy there and Riddle can just go on and have these matches. I would have them, you know, whatever gets screwed over in the match on Monday. And then I think, cause Kurt was rumored to be part of this feud so maybe you can bring Kurt into there. Maybe bring Gable Stevenson in yep. with Alpha Academy or something. And I think you that gives shine to Gable and Otis at Mania for a match. I like you said. I don't think there's any need to do this match at Mania this year. As much as I want to no, see it, even, it's not. It don't need it. It's too rushed now. Even the it's next, like even even in the next year, like I, we yeah. talk about building the take team division up. You can do that. Or if you want to give Orton a breather for a month. Riddle goes into a singles feud against someone and Orton's just his manager. Yeah. And then vice versa, Orton goes into it. Like you yeah. can, just because you have a tag team together doesn't mean they can't also do single stuff. WWE does this all the damn time where, okay, we're ready for these guys in singles runs now. Let's break the team up. Or you could just have them doing their thing, but still be tied together. I, I think that that could work here as well. And, you know, we were talking about who the USO is facing. If there is a situation of, okay, we're going to blink the titles up, then, okay, we have USOs versus RK Bro for the titles who's going to be the number one tag team title next. And then that'll be, you know, one of the hottest matches the Usos had for a while because RK bro has not faced the Usos and they have not faced new day yet. Right. And like how entertaining would all of those feuds be, you know, like I I think you could do all of that. 
Yeah, again, and, and for Randy, I think this is the best. And he said, like, he's having some of the most fun of his career. And I think for Riddle, you know, it was dicey there if he would make it from – he was one of those NXT guys, and he's made it now. But now yeah. and there can be the slow burn with him and anything. And like you said you could slowly burn next year to him winning the Rumble or whatever. To do it now or what? And look, it's WWE. I'm not going to give them too much credit on anything of, of bad booking. But it's six weeks now for Mania. I think it is now too – like, you should have – started turning the screws already. Yeah. No, I I agree. It would seem if they all of a sudden things started falling apart on Monday, it would seem extremely forced. Like that this is one you can slow burn this thing real quick. Like that th- this could be honestly the, the way that they have built it up and the way that people are behind Riddle and the way that Randy can be just an asshole on yeah. television this could be a year-long feud you know like that this could be a next year's royal rumble to 2024 royal rumble like that they could you you could get that much out of these guys with this feud because of this so i i think i think doing it at this year's wrestlemania is just it's such a rush it really really is your take division especially on raw is pretty weak and like you know all respect to the street profits we've seen street profits and alpha academy you know a lot and I think if that's the media match, I'll be happy for those two guys to, you know, have their feud and everything like that. But I think doing something with Alpha Academy, even if you bring in Gable Stevenson for his first showing, having him in the corner there, I think that's a nice highlight for him to at least yep. put the parallel and the attention onto Gable at WrestleMania with Alpha Academy and with Gable. To me, he's been my most improved player this year on the mic. Oh, yeah. Like he has completely changed his game on the mic. He is, he is becoming rookie Kurt Angle right now. What we always wanted well, he, from him. He's becoming that. You think this is a step up from Shorty G? I, I, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And even Otis. I think Otis too. Like it's, it's, it somehow worked Alpha Academy. Like for the first time in a while, they have four pretty quality, five, five quality tag teams in their, in their and Vikings Raiders really should be one because War Machine was awesome. But unfortunately, yep. they're just not there. No, no, they're just, it's certainly not viewed as WWE is there, there for sure. But they will have a great match with the Usos. I don't doubt that. It's yeah. a, it, it technically yeah. is a dream yeah. match, seeing War Machine versus the Usos. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, we, we've had a bit of the dreams taken away from that one. But no, you're right. Yeah. So uh, was there anything else I missed from this week in the world of wrestling with how crazy it was? Uh, I don't think so. Ring of Honor is starting to announce their Hall of Fame. Uh, people which is kind of cool like it 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 really seems like they are all systems go for for dallas uh wrestlemania weekend which is so exciting i'm i'm so fascinated to 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 see that also we don't talk a lot of mlw on this show there's big turn in mlw this week i'm excited for that as well um so it if you're looking for more quality wrestling i don't the hashtag not affiliated but uh, mlw on a week-in week-out basis when they're not putting enzo on their television uh they got some they got some great stuff what was the turn uh, you had Alicia Toot, their interviewer, and yeah. uh, Richard Holloway turned on Alex Hammerstone after a match oh, no. with Pagano for the uh, the title um, that they've been doing. Like, because Hammerstone and Holloway were part of MJF's group, the Dynasty. Yeah, right. And yeah. They, they've they've stayed together. They just went to it was called MLW Azteca. Um, which was, ba- it was basically their Lucha Underground. They were in Mexico for six weeks. Uh, yeah, Dario I've heard Cueto they're kind of doing some Lucha Underground type of stuff. Yeah, like Mil Muertes is back. Um, we, we've seen Psycho Clown pop up. Like they, they've done yes. a lot of Lucha stuff. And they had like basically like Hammerstone got kidnapped 
and placed in like a Mexican prison. And Holloway had to do like a hardcore match with Pagano in the streets of Tijuana. And then he got arrested and they like broke each other out. It was this great, like big redemption thing. And now they're back in the States and Holloway just turned on, on Hammerstone. It was, it was quite the build and not something I was expecting uh, this week. So uh, MLW, definitely check it out. That's amazing. And uh, I guess the other minor free agent news is Charles Alexander is a free agent right now. So, yes. Uh, but that is more complicated because he can't go anywhere just like nilly nilly because he's Canadian. So uh, visa issues and whatnot. But it's I mean, I'd assume AW and maybe something with Ethan yeah. Page. That, that's what I would assume. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that, that's it. He it concerns me with him because he feels like someone who could get lost in the shuffle there. Yeah. You know, like he, he is a great wrestler, but they got a lot of those. And so I, I worry about him with, with, with an AEW, but that would be the biggest payday of his career. So I, I hope he gets that. And I hope that I am wrong, but yeah, I, again, Josh Alexander against the Brian Danielson, uh, take my money right now. I think that would be an awesome match. Yeah. Remember Jay lethal, uh, signing with AEW. <laughs> remember that? No. No, I don't. I, I, all due respect to the one of the best FTW title matches we've ever seen. Um, it, it's been pretty quiet on that front so far. I, I think the problem is like Rampage. For some, like I, some people still haven't seen Hook wrestle because they just don't watch Rampage. Right. It's very easily skippable. You know, like yeah. it's on Friday night, and they like, don't recap by the time it Wednesday on Dynamite. No, and nothing. It doesn't feel like anything of relevance happens on it. You know, like. If you just went in to Revolution only watching Dynamite, I don't think you're like, oh shit, what have I missed? That's what happened to me. I have I have not seen a whole hook match yet because me neither, honestly. Yeah. yeah because it's not that I mean, look, you can yeah, you can go into the TSN app. Guess what? The TSN app mostly sucks most of the time. It's a, the replay stuff. It's really hard. Even yeah. watching some of the documentaries and stuff, it's really, really hard. It just would be so much easier to PVR it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and for, for Chromecasting, which is wh- where I'm yeah. at, the TSN, both Canadian apps are impossible. Oh, with Sportsnet's particular. So many Blue oh. Jays games dropping out. Man, I, I had quite the email exchange with the Sportsnet people after the, the Royal Rumble. I've, I've been yeah. told the problem's been fixed. So we'll, I we'll guess see. you'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, yeah well, we'll see Saturday morning if the, yeah. the problem has been fixed or not. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Until next time, cheers and enjoy the day, people. All right, that is the show. Once again, thank you to Josh and everyone at the Fresh Take Network for having me on. And thank you to you for listening to the show today. Again, you can give the gift of time during the month of February. Call in and book a residential cleaning for someone you love and get 14% off when you call in to 403-274-3998. Mention you are phoning about the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Valentine's promotion. Enjoy the fights, or enjoy... Well, there are fights today. Johnny Walker fighting. Uh, enjoy the WWE, or don't. If if you can't watch it, I certainly don't blame you. I'm not going to be watching live. I have decided that. Um, so I'll be watching a little bit later on. So no real post-show on this one. But as you've probably noticed, we're going to be talking a lot more wrestling, especially on the, the, uh, the Friday shows, as we go along. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at time, uh, primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Thanks to Waste the Talent and Tommy Fresh Music for the music for the show. And I'll talk to you all next week. I'm out.